Hello all and welcome all to another edition of the DFS Today pod. I am your host, Mike Lefemina of SportsEthos.com. And as we always do on Monday nights, this is the show where I will be reviewing my cash game lineup from week nine. What were the the thought process that went into the lineup, the decisions that were made, and kind of reverse engineering how the lineup came to be. Before I get going, just a quick reminder that basketball season is in full swing, and that means the best tools in the industry on sportsethos.com to help you win your fantasy leagues. Everything from trade analysis tools, you name it, we got it. Content, 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 and more content. Everything from a talented staff of individuals who can get you up and running. So come check out everything we have to offer at sportsethos.com. Okay, so week nine was... Kind of a disaster. In all honesty, from results, ended up 4-46 and 46 on the week for head-to-heads. Not the week we were looking for. A um, couple decisions that could have gone either way and chose poorly. So let's get into... The lineup at quarterback, I did end up on Sam Howell for $5,800. The running backs were Alvin Kamara at $8,100 and B. John Robinson at $6,100. A.J. Brown at $8,600 was the start of the wide receiver group, followed by Terry McLaurin at $5,600 and Demario Pop Douglas at an even $4,000. TJ Hawkinson at tight end for $5,200. Devin Singletary in the flex running back from the Houston Texans at $4,300. And the Giants defense at $2,300. Put that all together, and it resulted in a total of 99.5 DraftKings points. And as I mentioned, the that lineup went 4-46 and 46 this week in my head-to-head matchups, which is a paltry 8% win rate. So let's dig into it. So quarterback came down to one of two decisions for me. It was either going to be Jalen Hurts or it was going to be Sam Howell. There was not a lot to spend your money on this week. And there was a plethora of basement quarterbacks to roster this week. 
And as you guys know, I like to pay down at quarterback, pay down at tight end, and pay down at defense. Now, 14 quarterbacks were priced under $6,000. So there wasn't the one screaming value of those lower tiered guys, right? Like a few back earlier in the season when it was Aiden O'Connell getting the spot start for Jimmy G. It was him or DTR. Those were the two value plays that you could have picked from. This week, it's just, it was just a bloodbath of blah, right? Um, at the beginning of the week, I had to make the decision, would I consider Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? I've stated numerous times why Hurts, especially at a cheaper price, will always be the pick for me over Lamar Jackson, unless it's like a dream spot for Lamar. Just the rushing upside for Hurts, I feel like, is a little better and a little stickier for Hertz over Jackson uh, once again this week. We saw Gus Edwards have multiple rushing touchdowns. Last week he had three rushing touchdowns. When the Eagles get near the goal line, it's Jalen Hertz time. So, and those six points add up. He did it again this week. Um, I didn't really consider Dak or C.J. Stroud in that mid-6K range. Those were tournament plays for me. I ended up not pulling the trigger on C.J. Stroud as a tournament play. And boy, did that backfire. Um, so this left me with Sam Howell, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones. Those were the only four that I had really considered. Now, obviously, Mac Jones is not somebody I am looking to play in cash, but if I was ever going to play him, it would have been against this putrid Washington defense. But the only thing more putrid than the Washington defense is this New England offense. It's just terrible to watch. Um, Every time you think Mac might be taking a step forward, it's 20 step back, 20 steps backwards. Baker is not a fun click. Uh, that game did have some appeal to me in tournaments that ended up being the million dollar winning lineup was a triple stack of CJ Stroud, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz. Uh, no, it was, yeah, and it was um, Tank Dell, which is pretty sick. Pretty sick. But anyway, uh, I just, you know, Baker's, he would have been fine. He he got there. He ended up scoring 19 DraftKings points, so uh, would have had no issues going to Baker. It's just once I dropped. I didn't really have a lot to do with the extra 600 if I wanted to go Sam Howell over Baker. So I opted for what I thought was the better matchup, the better play, 
which is Sam Howell, who continues to throw the ball all over the place in Eric Bieniemy's offense. And he once again had over 40 passing attempts this week. That is now five times in nine weeks that Howell has had at least 40 pass attempts in a game. One of those other weeks was 39 pass attempts. So we were a little unlucky to only get one touchdown from Howell with all those attempts. But in the end, he did end up scoring 21.7 DraftKings points. Only four behind Jalen Hurts, who scored 25.88 DraftKings points. So I think I made the right decision there. Um, We just got a little unlucky elsewhere slash... A couple bad decisions. At running back. Kamara was the no doubt about it to me. I I was spending up for him and A.J. Brown. The other spend up considerations were C.D. Lamb and the aforementioned Jalen Hurts. I couldn't really find a lineup that I liked that involved three of those guys. I was comfortable enough with Sam Howell at quarterback, so really it came down to A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Alvin Kamara. I just thought that this was an absolute smash spot for Kamara, given the opponent, given the usage he has had. It was a home game. They were favorites. Um, And only four catches for 44 yards and 26 rushing yards for Kamara. And if you told me before the game started that the Saints were going to score 24 points, I would have had a reasonable expectation that Kamara was closer to 20 DraftKings points rather than 11. But that was not the case. I don't think this is a decision that sunk me this week. Kamara was one of the, if not the most popular play, depending on what tournament or uh, cash game entry you were in. I saw him in most of the head-to-heads that I went up. So that really wasn't a differentiating spot that killed me, even though he did disappoint. Bijan Robinson Ugh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. I fell for it, I fell for it, and I hate myself for it. It's just, you can't play him in cash. It's just, as obvious as it seems to us that he is the most talented back in that backfield by a light year. Uh, I didn't come in with the foolish expectation that he would dominate the workload. I certainly thought that there was a much greater than zero chance that Jaron Hall wasn't that guy and would face plant. The Falcons would actually build a lead for once and have Arthur Smith go to his roots and run the crap out of the ball between Bijan, between Tyler, Tyler Algier. And that's just not what happened. 
every week. It's the same thing. The Falcons just can't seem to get out of their own way. Bijan is non-existent at the goal line. He's not getting a lot of pass game work. Like he, sh- he should be getting something in that department. You know, two catches for eight yards this week. 51 rushing yards. Did lose a fumble, but... That's kind of whatever. So playing Bijan was not great. Um, In hindsight, it wasn't great. In the moment, it stunk. But I put my blinders on and thought that this could be the week. Now, who were the other options? I wasn't going to put... Gus Edwards into my cash lineup, although he did score a couple times. He's just not getting enough work. To consider for cash games, he's a tournament play only, especially moving forward where it seems like there's going to be a three-headed monster in Baltimore as far as touches. Aaron Jones just wasn't comfortable enough yet uh, to actually click his name. There was... Some speak of from the coaches heading into this week about how we need to get Aaron Jones going. And while that always sounds nice, very, very rarely does it actually come to fruition. But this week it did. Jonathan Taylor at 6,400 was definitely in consideration and definitely was a far superior play to Bijan. Once again, in hindsight, There was a part of me that was a little concerned that the Zach Moss revolution would not be ending this week. Turns out it pretty much did. So, uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is just, he was hard to trust in a cash game scenario for me. The other option would have been to drop down from TJ Hawkinson and find my way up to Josh Jacobs. Now, Josh Jacobs has been wildly inefficient this year, wildly disappointing in spots that were set up for him. This was another one of those weeks, and who knows, maybe if I played Josh Jacobs, he would have had the Bijan week, and Bijan would have had the Josh Jacobs week, and I would be sitting here lamenting the fact that I played Josh Jacobs in cash. But in hindsight, new coach boost Eden O'Connell behind center so they were probably going to lean on the run a little more get him more involved he did see a good amount of targets last time Aiden O'Connell started I don't have the exact number in front of me so in hindsight I really should have gotten up to Jacobs instead of playing Bijan Robinson who's coached by stupid Arthur Smith Uh, The last running back that I ended up playing in the flex was Devin Singletary. Once we got the news that Damian Pierce was ruled out, I didn't love the spot for Singletary in the matchup against Tampa Bay. As we saw, the way to beat them is through the air. That did not, and that certainly did pan out, excuse me, this week for the Texans. 
look, it just wasn't there for Singletary. Uh, once again, I don't think this decision sunk me because I did run into a lot of Singletary. I think Singletary was a smart play in cash games, given his pricing at only 4300 You don't get to play a starting running back who gets a majority of the work at 4300 regardless of the matchup very often. You know, other than that... Chuba Hubbard at 5,000 was in consideration. I always like attacking this Indianapolis defense. Daryl Henderson I gave some thought to, but I didn't want to try and figure out what was going to happen with that Rams offense with Matthew Stafford ruled out. Jerome Ford and Ramondre Stevenson were in consideration, but once I made the decision... To play Pop Douglas at wide receiver, I did not feel super comfortable having two Patriots in my cash game lineup for good reason. Uh, Ramondre finally did get going, uh, but he was never really in consideration. And Jerome Ford going against Arizona, again, it was a good spot, but more of a tournament play for me just because the lingering um, presence of Kareem Hunt vulturing some work from Jerome Ford. So I thought Singletary had the best price, the best workload out of those guys. And there was nobody in that price range for receivers either to fill in with the flex. I had Pop Douglas at 4000 as we mentioned, he worked out fine with 10 DraftKings points. Terry McLaurin at 5,600 was, I thought, a sharp play. I thought that there would be a few more points scored in that game than it was. I think that New England is not really trying all that much if they if we saw that they had any signs of life i would have given it more consideration but curtis samuel being out i thought that the targets would be heavily condensed down to mclaurin and to dotson and mclaurin was fine at 12.3 i ran into quite a bit of tank dell in my opponents, who was $300 cheaper and obviously popped off for 32.6 DraftKings points. Now, you could say that's unlucky, and it, it might be. Uh, should I have considered Tank Dell a little more, considering I had mentioned how you beat Tampa Bay was through the air? Maybe. We've seen some ceiling games from Tank Dell earlier in the year, but... There was Tank Dell to feed. There was Nico Collins to feed. There's Dalton Schultz to feed. Noah Brown was in the mix. So for a cash game scenario, if he was in the 4,000s, it would have been a no-brainer. But when we were starting to creep up as the same price as Terry McLaurin, it was... McLaurin for me all day. Uh, 
And then finally up top, my second spend-up option came down to A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. Cooper Cup was a no with no Matthew Stafford. Something's been off with Cup recently. Just, I think he's got a total of six or eight catches in the past three weeks. That is not the Cooper Cup we've come to know. Adam Thielen was in consideration at 7500 but that price was starting to get a little to the point where I was getting uncomfortable with it. But the matchup was great. The matchup was great. Uh, it was certainly in consideration, but when Singletary and Pop Douglas and spending down at Howell, I had enough money to get up to the far superior play in my eyes, which was A.J. Brown, who worked out perfectly fine. Now, I did consider C.D. Lamb if I needed the savings. I ended up not needing the savings. C.D. Lamb did go off for 32.10 DraftKings points. Again, I felt like Lamb was probably a better tournament play with Dak Stacks. But I I could listen to the argument that the Cowboys offense has finally decided to lean into Lamb and they were probably going to struggle on the ground and do most of their damage through the air, which did end up playing out that way. So maybe I should have given more consideration to Lamb, but the... The run that A.J. Brown is on right now is absolutely incredible, and he was fine with 19.6 DraftKings points, but he certainly didn't go ham. The interesting decision at tight end this week, I ended up not getting burned by it, but with T.J. Hawkinson, now you can say prioritizing Hawkinson and not going elsewhere could have cost me, and I would listen to that argument. 5200 for Hawkinson was a good price. I knew the risk going in with Jaron Hall, but I thought he could be a security blanket for Hall. Now, we don't know what that would have ended up being. Hall got injured really early in the game, and we saw Josh Dobbs. Now, I'm okay with Hawkinson moving forward in this offense. I think Dobbs is a fan of targeting the tight end, as we saw with Ertz, and we saw in his last start in Arizona with Trey McBride being, honestly, the best target earners in that offense this season. Dobbs struggling to connect with Marquise Brown week to week, but he always seemed to find Ertz. He always seemed to find McBride. So moving forward, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for TJ Hawkinson especially with Dobbs at the helm. He ended up getting seven catches for 69 yards, which was more than enough. But, again, there were some other options at tight end this week. Dalton Schultz was in consideration. He scored 31 DraftKings points. I ran into some Taysom Hill, which was not in consideration for me. 20.62 DraftKings points. 
David Njoku was the only other one that I seriously considered, and he ended up scoring 12.6 DraftKings points at 3,800, which is the better play when you can take price into consideration. If you get 12.6 DraftKings points from Njoku at 3,800 compared to 13.9 DraftKings points at 5,200 from TJ Hawkinson, Njoku is the better play. With Watson back, I just didn't trust. I was a little worried about Watson, but in reality, I I overplayed that because a returning Watson is probably still better than whatever I was going to get from Jared Hall slash Josh Dobbs. Uh, Logan Thomas I had considered at 3500 but once I decided on Howell and McLaurin, there was no way I was going into a cash game with three commanders in my lineup. Yeah, uh, no other real considerations there. Ferguson, I thought about it, but didn't re- wasn't really in consideration. Uh, real quickly, back to a wide receiver. I forgot to mention Pop Douglas at 4,000. He got the 10 points. I, I, I continue to think that Washington's defense is going to be terrible. Douglas is the number one receiver in this offense moving forward. And while he's fine, you know, he did his job getting 10 and a half DraftKings points at $4,000. I'm a little concerned that there may not be ultimately a high enough ceiling if we see a continued price increase on Pop Douglas moving forward. The final decision of the day was defense, and it really wasn't too much of a decision for me. I wanted to mix it up in cash games, excuse me, in tournaments, because Patriots and Giants were easily the two most popular plays of the day, and for good reason. Sam Howell still on pace to be sacked for the most times in NFL history. That did not uh, pan out too well. They they were fine, but the, the Giants getting Aiden O'Connell, who had been sacked seven times in his first start, there was a lot of uncertainty about what this Raiders offense would be with Antonio Pierce as the new head coach. It probably was going to be better, but I had mentioned how intrigued I was by this Giants defense and how much they had improved over the past month or so, scoring double-digit DraftKings points in three or four weeks. But once again, I will say that defense is a total crapshoot. It is impossible to predict what is going to be the top defense every week. Oh, but Mike, uh, the Browns smashed this week, and they were the most expensive, and you should have seen that coming. And yeah, that was definitely in the range of outcomes, but 
I'm not paying 4200 for defense, given how much of a crapshoot is. This week it worked out for those who did. But I would just caution moving forward, whatever the top defense, top price defense, looks like it's going to be in an awesome spot. It doesn't always work out like that. And then you really, you really limit yourself spending 13, 12, 1100 more dollars for a defense that you're relying to score double digit points for you when it doesn't work out. Think to San Francisco a few times earlier this year. Uh, it's just. It's a crapshoot, as I mentioned. So that's the lineup. Just to review, once again, it was Sam Howell at quarterback, Alvin Kamara, Bijan Robinson at running backs, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, and Pop Douglas at four at the wide receiver positions with T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Devin Singletary in the flex and the Giants defense totaling 99.5. DraftKings points a 4 and 46 week at 8% win rate. Bringing the year to date record down to 203, 216, and 3. Down to a 48% win rate of the year. One bat, this 4 and 46 is just an absolute nuke to that number. So we really got to sharpen the pencil and bounce back in a big way for week 10. Now, speaking of week 10, let us take a look at the main slate, which once again has 10 games on it. We lose the Patriots and the Colts, I believe it is, to Germany. Yes, it is the Colts, the Bears, and the Panthers. Good riddance are on Thursday night. We lose also the Bills and the Broncos for Monday night football. The Jets and the Raiders for Sunday night football. So we don't lose a ton in the way of primetime games, but the buys are where we get killed this week. Second week in a row, we do not get either the Chiefs or the Dolphins in the main slate. We don't get the Rams this week, which is fine, and we don't get Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and company as the Eagles are also on buy. <clears throat> so we are going to do a quick price reaction position by position for the Week 10 main slate, and then we'll get out of here. At quarterback, no surprise, it's Lamar Jackson, priced at $8,000 at home against Cleveland. That's probably going to be a pass for me. Justin Herbert comes in at 77 at home against Detroit. That's also likely to be a pass. C.J. Stroud gets a bump up to 6900 at Cincinnati. No thank you in a cash game. Joe Burrow at 6800 home against Houston. Maybe. Dak at home against the Giants at 6700 Maybe. That could get out of hand, though. 
we we saw what happened week one when the defense absolutely obliterated the Giants, and that's when they had Daniel Jones. Um, you know, obviously that's unlikely to happen again, 40 to nothing, but we shall see. Going down the board, Trevor Lawrence at home against San Francisco. No thank you. The return of Kyler Murray. No thank you at 5,900. Sam Howell at 5,900. Derek Carr at 58. Geno Price down to 5,800. Oh, going against Washington at home. I may have to consider that. Um, it's just been so rough for Geno this year. Hmm. We'll have to marinate on that as the week goes on. We get Josh Dobbs at 5,500. Will Levis, Deshaun Watson only 5,400. But at Baltimore is probably a no-go for me. Uh, Going down, Kenny Pickett. Yuck, 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 yuck. Okay. So maybe Baker at 5,100 at home against Tennessee. Eh. So really, I think Gino, maybe Sam Howell again, uh, going against Seattle. Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott in the upper six Ks are in consideration for being cash games. Moving on to running back real quick. No surprise, it's Christian McCaffrey, and he is expensive at 9,200. You also get expensive Austin Eckler, DraftKings does not back down at the poor performance from Kamara this week and bump him up another $200 to $8,300. Saquon Barkley is $7,700 at Dallas. Derek Henry is $7,400. Tony Pollard gets a price increase to $7,300. If you are hoping for him to stay in the $6,000 range after another Stinker of a game. DraftKings says, no, 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 no. We know you are going to want to play him against the Giants this week, and we are going to price him up accordingly. ETN at 7,100. He continues to be a beast. Um, San Francisco's defense has not been quite as sharp lately, but coming off the bye, maybe, you know, they're... A little healthier. We'll have to keep an eye on that, but that could be in consideration. Gibbs is seven thousand in Montgomery, priced right behind him at sixty nine hundred. Uh, I don't think they're either one of them is going to be cash viable because we just don't know what it's going to look like with both of them back. Gibbs has done quite admirably well in Montgomery's absence, but Montgomery was smashing while he was in, so I can't imagine a scenario where Montgomery gets Wally pipped here by Gibbs. Uh, Walker at 6,800 in consideration against that Washington D. Aaron Jones going against Pittsburgh at 6,500. And, man, Rashad White just continues to produce. He's not somebody who's been on my radar much this year, but I may have to change my tune on that. Now, the run defense for Tennessee, his opponent this week, 
is rather good. But I tell you what, man, Rashad White's been getting a lot of work out of the backfield through the air, and that counts just as good in DraftKings with the PPR scoring system. So he may be someone to consider. Um, Not a lot in the way of value, but I'm sure some will open up as the week goes on. At wide receiver, Justin Jefferson is 8,900. Is he back this week or is it next week? Uh, Let me check that real quick. Has it been four weeks already? I don't think so. Sorry for the delay. Just looking this up real quick. Still hazy. Okay, so he's eligible to come back this week, but so we'll see on Jefferson. Keenan Allen at 8,800. Jamar Chase at 8,600 is finally priced appropriately. Um, CD Lamb 8,500. I'm on Ross St. Brown, 8,300. So it's, you can already see this is such a very different dynamic compared to week nine here. There's a lot to spend your money on this week. So even though it's the same 10 game slate and we're missing the Chiefs and we're missing the Dolphins and we're missing the Eagles, there's just more options to go to this week. So you may see some different roster constructions. Ayuk at 7,100. Going down, Amari Cooper on the road. No, thank you. Christian Kirk, 6,000. Calvin Ridley all the way down to $5,600. You know I love me some Zay Flowers. Tate Dell is in the mid-5K range. Deontay Johnson at 5,400 is going to get a very hard look for me. He finally scored his first touchdown in eons last week. He is a steady target earner in this Pittsburgh offense, which isn't great. I'll give you that. But Jair Alexander doesn't really scare me all that much anymore. This Green Bay defense in general doesn't scare me. So Deontay Johnson at 5,400 is an attractive price for me moving on tight end mark andrews is the top dog once again at 6900 cash games that's going to be a pass for me as well as kittle at 6100 laporta at 5700 hawkinson gets a price reduction down to 5000 Taysom hill is more expensive than tj hawkinson Boy, oh boy, oh boy. 5100 for Taysom Hill. If you want to play that in cash, be my guest. That's all you. Dalton Schultz gets an incredible bump up to 4900 Jake Ferguson up to 4600 Everett Ingram up to 4500 Man, they are just uh, leaving these guys in some prices that I wish they were just five to $600 less expensive. Uh... Joku, 4,000. Logan Thomas, 3,800. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Might be Kate Otten time at 3,400. 
We shall see about that. I don't love that pricing from the tight ends this week. Uh, but rounding it out with the defenses, the Cowboys are no surprise the top priced option this week at 4400 I just went on this rant. They will not be in my cash game lineup, but if you want to pay up for them in a tournament scenario, I am more than okay with that. Um, some lower priced options, because this is realistically where we are going to be picking from. I think it's not crazy to play the Browns at 3000 against Baltimore. I don't love that it's in Baltimore, but I always have interest in the Browns defense when they are on the cheaper side of things. The Cardinals at 2,500 going against Atlanta. Look, Atlanta's just not an explosive offense. They're not going to kill you. Taylor Heineke is certainly prone to turn the ball over. He's not immune to taking a sack here and there. So, And I don't think the Cardinals' defense is terrible. It's not good, but it's not terrible. So they're certainly in consideration at 2,500. The Jacksonville defense at 2400 If you think the 49ers come out of the bye and get right on offense, then it's probably not an amazing play. But Jacksonville's defense has actually been pretty good this year. It hasn't been, you know, they're not juggernauts, but they've done their job. They can get, they can, you know, it all comes down to what we think. Does Brock, Brock Purdy with the week off? Another week removed from a concussion uh, in a game he probably shouldn't have played last time out. Do they get their mojo back? There's a lot to think about on that one. Giants, no thank you. I'm not going down that road again. Uh, at Dallas, price at 2100 uh, The Bengals at 2800 I think that's probably a little too cheap for them. I think that may be an overreaction to the awesome, awesome, awesome C.J. Stroud game that happened in week nine. But let's be realistic. Let's keep our heads on straight here. C.J. Stroud is not going to be going for nearly 500 yards and five touchdowns against the Bengals. If I do, if he does, I don't know. It's... I'll eat my shirt. I don't know. It's just, it's not going to happen again. All right. That was the week 10 look ahead pricing for the main slate on DraftKings and some initial ideas on where we might be going in cash game lineups. Be on the lookout for this week ahead. The DFS delivery for PGA. I entered in my bets for this week's Butterfield Bermuda Championship in the Wager Pass Discord if you are a member there. Looking for our third outright of the fall and sixth of 2023. We also have the DFS delivery for the Week 10 main slate. If you are unfamiliar with that, it's where I quickly, well, not quickly, go over my pillar plays on DraftKings for my cash game lineups. I give a 
few thoughts on some possible roster construction ideas and a few value plays that I am intrigued by as well. Friday night, myself and possibly Keith Cork, this will uh, be our look ahead pod where we discuss our favorite plays overall on the DraftKings board for tournaments and for cash game plays. And then if you are a DFS subscriber to Sports Ethos, you have access to our Discord where I will be popping in and out all week, whether it's the showdown slates and especially Sunday morning to go over any questions and to give some last minute thoughts as we get closer to lineup lock. Once again, I am your host, Mike Lefemna. You can find me on Twitter at mlefem10. I thank you for joining me and hope to be better and rebound in a big way in week 10. Let's roll.